Tom the Joker's Vola, and this is our UK bonus pod all about the episode A Day in the Life, which looks into what goes on behind the scenes on A Day on Impractical Jokers. This was recorded about four months ago for the US, but we've decided to re-release it for the UK as a bonus. So, enjoy guys! Generally speaking, it was, it was an episode where they kind of took you through the different aspects of what makes the show, and they... You talked to some of the crew, and they talked about what it was like, what they did, all the work that goes into it. And I personally loved it, because we've seen bits and pieces here or there, I guess, a little bit, but this was really my first look into how the show is made, and I was really blown away by how much is involved. I mean, I, I guess I assumed this was all involved, but it wasn't until you actually see it laid out, and you have someone explain, this mm-hmm. is what they do, just how crazy and, and how much work goes into it. So, Jules, what did you what stuck out to you, or what did you like about it particularly? I, I, I quite like the art department side of things, like where they make the props. I, I like sort of the props department and things like that, and the amount of sheer work that goes into making those props. I mean, like the guy was talking about um, the boulder that they used in one of their, I think it was like a focus group sort of thing, where they were sort of going on about the security system or whatever it was, and I think it was Murray said. Um, he wanted a boulder like the image that you saw, so the guy who sort of made the boulder, but he had to make it in two bits because the door frames are too wide. He says that was one. I think the guy, I think the art guy said it was like one of the worst things he's had to make, but he says he made it up. But he was quite chuffed because he got like something. Mer gave him like a certificate or something to eat at his favourite restaurant in New York, so he must have been pretty chuffed with that. But yeah, the art department, especially with the sex robot. I mean, I give the guy sort of credit for that because it was Sal, I think, that came up with the idea and he wanted it to look like his used sex robot. And he did so well with it, from like a, like a plastic mannequin to make it look like that. And I know they used it in like the Nitro Circus as well, didn't they? I think it was like... Um, yeah, it was there somewhere. In like the, I think there was like a periscope bit in the beginning, I think, where... I can't remember. I think it was Casey Jost that was doing a little bit of speaking on it, and sort of the sex robot comes up. Mm. And I think it's like the the, the pre-show. You mean? Yeah, the pre-show thing. Yeah, but I think it was it was on Periscope. I think they were Periscope. Okay. Yeah. And that they used the sex robot in there, and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but it well, was really, Q love Q love the sex robot. Q love the sex robot. I know he was absolutely he was amazed by that sex robot. I mean, to a point where he actually had to take a picture of it. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, we get the shock factor, but so do they, mm. you know? And, like, I mean, the one the one guy gets the shock factor. And they use props on that show constantly. And I guess I didn't think about the fact that they pretty much have to make them every time. Like, it's not just, they're not just appearing out of nowhere. I mean, they either have to find them, like they said with, like, the drawer full of hot dogs or, like, the jack yeah. straps, or they have to actually do something to make it. I mean, even, like, um, they showed Q's jalapeno milk. Yeah. Now, all they had to do was put the label on, but someone had to make the label. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making those props. It's amazing how much work goes in to the actual props. Oh, I know. I mean, the guy says he's got, there's, like, a storeroom which calls, like, his props museum or something, and there's, like, full of stuff they've either used or unused, and they're there whenever the guys need them. And they, they must work tirelessly just to either create those props, find those props. I mean, like the jock straps as well. 
Yeah, they had to find what, I can't remember how many drop straps it was, but they had to go out and find all those drop straps. I think one was a dildo, that they, the woman had to go to a sex shop and buy the dildo. Yep. yep. And but, sometimes they say it's like a last minute thing too, so it's yeah. not just like this was planned, they have to like go out that second. Because you, I mean, it shows that some of that stuff really is improvised. Like you can tell when they're doing a, a bit and the guys are behind the camera and someone gets a split second idea. It's like, well, that means someone's going to have to run out and get that and bring it there in the next couple minutes kind of thing. Yeah, and I think they said they deal with like the two-way mirror thing where it's like a bunch of mini productions and they've got to, and apparently it's um, sort of chaotic and things like that because they've got to get all the props in place. Like, I think it's when Joe was the, the human table or whatever it was, he had all sushi on him. I think it was the clip they showed, and it it did just look absolutely chaotic, didn't it? It's like people in, people out. It was so mad. I'd love, I'd love a job where I could do something like that. I mean, art department would be my sort of department because that's sort of my skill set, along with um, music production as well, because I did that at college too. But that would be my ideal job, and just in that art department in particular, I'd absolutely love that. If I ever had a chance, I would do that. <laughs> Definitely. If I could make a prop for the show, I'd be happy. Yeah, that would be that would be unbelievable to work on that show, especially. I mean, not jumping ahead, but especially when they talk at the end about just the camaraderie they have, mm. and just you can tell how close they all are as a, a crew. And I mean, as they've said many times, a lot of those people were their friends first that they yeah. just gave jobs to, which of course is lovely. Um, when they talked about the back to the props, though, and they they showed some footage of the house sitters from the finale for season yeah. five. And they talked about the Q's bedroom having to have the coffin. And, you know, it's something that simple, and I didn't even think about it, but they had to get that coffin up there. And in New York, uh, that's kind of difficult. A, lo- a lot of the times in buildings, you know, your your elevators are not very wide, things like that. Yeah, like they, He here. measured it. Yeah, he measured it, and it, like, barely fit. I mean, that's probably a pain in the ass, though, sometimes the when they have big he, props. I think the guy said he had to measure it twice, didn't he? In, yeah. To double-check and make sure it fit. But something as simple as a coffin, trying right. to get it up a an apartment building or a building of flats, it, even if it was here, it would be a struggle. Yeah. So then they talk about um, the cameras, which was interesting, um, mm. because and how, how, how many there usually are, how they hide them. I, uh... I've noticed on the show sometimes, and when they're in the park, you can see the people with the cameras, and they say it's because like it's so busy in a at a park that it people don't necessarily see them. Mm. But the one guy did see them, as we as we know. But um, put they actually bring in furniture with tinted glass in places like the doctor's offices and like houses and stuff, so that they can actually have them. I thought that was quite clever. Super clever, right, I know. Really I was like, clever. Super clever, and of course we already knew about the microphone coffee cup because that's. But they also use like those table toppers, slip them in there. I thought that was really clever. That that would be kind of a fun job to kind of like figure out where all the cameras are going to go when they go places. And the fact that people pick them up, and move them around, and still don't notice there's a camera. Right. In there. <laughs> that, right. That's just odd. Well, I mean. We do put those table topper things on tables a lot in like school libraries or restaurants or whatever. But yeah, they don't. But it was weird they pick them up because I mean I never pick them. I never pick them up. But and it, you would think they would then notice that it was heavier. But maybe mics aren't that heavy. I don't know. But they can. Um, microphones can be pretty light nowadays. I mean now with technology these days they are pretty that's, damn light. That's I true. Mean, you can get like ones that fit in buttonholes now. So that's true. 
So they're, they're probably small enough to sort of not make too much of a weight difference. So That's true. Um, they, I liked how they kind of just gave a quick description of, like, what happens when they get there. Like, they, they each get a walkthrough of their location, and they, like, show where they, kind of where they can go and where they can't, because, of course, the, depending on where the cameras are, they can't go certain places, and, like, if there's any props they're going to use and things like that. I mean, something really simple that I assumed happened, but it was kind of cool to to kind of see a little bit of footage of them doing that. The part that really stuck out to me was the getting the signatures and being recognized part. Mm. Um, I mean, of course, we already knew that, you know, when people need to be on the show, they have to go chase them down and try to get them to sign stuff. Um, and sometimes they, they said how sometimes they're, PAs or they're like, I don't know if it's called production assistant, I assume that's what it stands for. Um, they'll chase after them, but sometimes the guys will just say it. And they had footage of Murray saying, like, have you heard of the show Practical Jokers? And the guy's like, that's what's going on? And Murray said, there's comedians telling me what to say. I'm not actually crazy. That was funny. <laughs> D- I liked when they showed the guy from Joe's house sitting bit. Do you remember that? Yeah. How he said he, he texted his friend his location. <laughs> And then he had 911 on his phone because he was, like, so freaked out by Joe. So that was just, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then he realized that it was actually Impractical Jokers, so he didn't sort of clock on that that's what it was. That's really right. weird. And he, like, heard of the show, but he, like, didn't recognize Joe. That's kind of funny. Mm. I think it's, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, if you're not, like, a, a huge watcher of the show, I guess in New York is such a big city, I guess you just don't assume that's actually happening yeah. to you. Um. But yeah, the the part that was really interesting was the part when the fans recognize them and kind of what they do because, and I just keep thinking of that part where Murr was trying to get like get on the guy's blanket and he's doing his thing like how he's supposed to, and the guy just says, "Oh, I love you, Murr." Like that's probably frustrating because they're trying to to work and do their job, yeah. and then the guy recognizes you like he's not probably angry, but he's probably like, "Oh shit," you know, like. I was just trying to do my thing, and, you know, this guy knows who I am, so that's not going to work. Like, going and to the supermarket, and he just, like, starts lobbing stuff on the shelf. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. Or when, Sal, like, or when Sal was doing the security thing, and the woman comes up and goes, oh, can I tell you where I recognize you from? And he's like, well, what you recognize me from, we're doing it right now. <laughs> and she was so cool and just walked away. I loved it. She's like, all right, then, and just, wand- and just wanders off. I mean, if that was me, I probably wouldn't even go up to them because I'd be sort of in that mind that they could possibly be doing that. Yeah. So well, especially I, if you're I wearing the, the jacket. Be, you know. Yeah. If, if they weren't, say, wearing their usual like sort of day-to-day get-up and they were wearing something else, I would be like, well, yeah, they're working. I'll leave them be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do say, I mean, when they were on Live with Kelly a, a month ago or so, like, they do say, like, whenever they're anywhere... The pe- people that recognize them, like, look around and see if there's cameras, because they think everywhere they go, they're they're actually yeah. working on the show, which probably is kind of annoying, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, that that part was interesting, and I, I do wonder really how often that happens. Like, yeah, what's th- what's the ratio of people that they actually use versus the people that know who they are and they can't use? But yeah, it was pretty much you know the end. One thing that I wanted to point out with Hugh because. You know, um, was it toward the end? They were, like I said, they were talking about like the chemistry and the camaraderie they have and stuff. And mm. um, I think it was—I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was the executive producer that Marina that said it, or for someone else. But she said that Q brought a scale to set one day and said, "Like, all right, twenty bucks if you want to be in on this weight loss challenge. 
I think it was eight weeks long or something like that, and whoever wins gets all the money. And it was just really sweet. I mean, that that was... A lot of workplaces do that, so it's not like that, you know, crazy, but I thought it was really sweet that they came up with that, and they all did that, and Q didn't win, but the one, the guy that won got $780, so it's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, I looked pretty fit in the first place. <laughs> right? So yeah, I thought that was really sweet, and, you know, they showed a little, like, footage of the guys, and they just were talking about how much they, how, how good of friends they are, and how mm. much wanted us to work with them and stuff, but... Really, the end with Sal's speech gave me all the feels, though. Yeah, definitely. I love that speech. It's so sweet. Getting everyone sort of like saying, "Oh, well done, you did a brilliant job." I, I love that. I wish I, did I know. That. I don't wish I do that in regular workplaces. To be I know, right? Honest. I was just thinking that. Oh, fantastic! You did a brilliant day today. I'd work better if somebody did that to me. Like, right? I in know. The places I worked at. But a lot of the places worked out and were like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so I I loved, I liked this special a lot. I liked the other one they did, that Fantastic Access one, but I liked this one just as much. I thought it was cool to just see all the inner workings of it and really how many people and time and conversations that have to go on to actually create one episode of the show. And that's why people don't realize that it takes them a hell of a long time to do a season. Mm. From start to finish, because look at how long it takes for one. Like they probably, they probably don't shoot that much on a. Like they, they probably have to plan for a week for one challenge. Yeah. Because there's a lot that goes into it. So it was, it was cool to see. I really liked it. I like the fact they laugh and joke on set as well. Like what they did to John Zaluga, like made yes. him dress up as the bed troll, and they actually didn't tell him that they cut that part out. And the poor. Yes guy had to walk around like a bed troll, even Q got him to walk out in the street dressed up in this quite frankly ridiculous looking outfit, and I remember seeing that picture on sort of Twitter and not clocking on what it was. Right, but me too. Now I know what it is. Now I, it, I find it quite funny, I find it hilarious, and again with the thing with the cameras, the fact that it takes four to six man hours Oh yeah. Put those yeah. cameras in place, and the fact that it takes about three vans. That, yeah, that is crazy. A lot, that is a lot of equipment. That is a heck of a lot of equipment. Because I did like um, media production again in college. I've done a few creative things in college, and it's a, it is a lot of equipment. It's heavy. Sometimes it can be really heavy as well. Some of it is really pretty damn heavy to even move around. I mean, like, the fixed, like, sort of big cameras, they are amazingly heavy to sort of, like, do or move around. And even things like the boom mix, like the ones with those um, big fluffy things on them, they are a pain. Because I remember having to sort of do something in college where I had to hold one and my arms were killing me. <laughs> my arms were actually agony because you have to keep it bloody still. And it's, they are pretty, they're annoying as well. And because you've got to make sure it's not in shot, you've got to have it in a certain place. Oh, it's just there's, unreal. There's actually an episode of Friends. I don't remember which one it is. I've seen them all a gazillion times. But there's one where you can actually see the boom at the top mm. of the screen, like for like a, like a tiny little portion of it. A little but bit fuzz. <laughs> but luckily for the guys, though, the way their show is, they don't have to hold boobs too often. So that's no, good. I'd imagine they probably have to hold them like when they're doing like the intros and stuff. Oh yeah, that's but, yeah, that's about still, it. But still, even when you've got to hold them, they are heavy as you like. They they are pretty damn heavy things to hold. 
And if you haven't got like strong arms like I don't, it's a pain. <laughs> I mean, these can only are, imagine. I mean, these guys that hold them must be pretty muscular in the arm. Probably. But, what, but yeah, like. But, I'm sorry. What I did like about the cameras as well is when you know when Sal had his deposition. Yeah. And they had to sort of hide the camera so Sal didn't know they were there. Well, right. He knows all the secrets. And I think there was one they put in a water bottle, which I thought was really, really clever. I absolutely loved that. The fact that they had all these... And one in the... I think there was one in the laptop as well. Yep. But yeah, it, the thing on set, that just the way they are together, the crew, everyone like that, even like Jay Miller, even their friends, like they even get comedy friends to come in as well. To do bits and pieces, which I find quite cool as well. So, so they sort of include sort of outside people as well, which is what I quite like. But I yeah, think, me too. I think Jay, I think Jay Miller, who's a, a big favourite, um, he described the show as a roller coaster. Yes. And he says it's like four hours going up, and then as soon as the first person comes in, it's like a m- mental roller coaster. And I can imagine that's what it's like. I can yeah. imagine it's just nuts on when they sort of come in. They're like, there's people trying to get them to where they need to be to make the show look as good as it does. Oh, yeah. I was glad Jay was on it, because um, mm. I, I like Jay a lot, and he did actually, over the summer, get a promotion. So congrats to Jay on that one. Um, yeah, I, I you just you, you try to quantify it, and you try to think about how much time gets spent, like you said, the four to six hours setting up the cameras and the three vans. I don't know how much footage they don't use, but I'm sure they have to tape a ton of footage they don't use. Mm. But ultimately, you're spending all that time, the day of, and preparing, and you show about five minutes of footage on TV. Maybe six. You know what I mean? It's just crazy that that much work goes into such a small amount. They must have such a long editing process as well. Like sort of picking out what's good, what's not. Oh, I'm sure. They come across by accident, because that will be filmed. I'd imagine that's probably on film because they don't they don't know who it's going to be, do they, or who's going to be good and who's not going to be, who's going to recognise them, who's not going to recognise them. And I imagine they've got right. hours of footage to get through. Oh, I'm sure. I know at the beginning of the show, Joe did a lot of that. Yeah. Like Joe did a lot of the editing himself. Um, I, mean, editing, I remember. I mean, editing for this pod alone takes me the majority of an afternoon. I mean, and we're just talking, so I, I can imagine with video footage on top of that, I mean, I've done a bit of video editing, and it's, it's difficult because you've got to sort of connect it so it looks good, and you've got to sort of put it together in the right places so it doesn't look, so it looks clean and it's not jumping about. So I can't imagine the man hours that they put into the editing. If, oh, I know, if me even either. editing a podcast takes most of an afternoon. It, um, it makes me... a appreciate the show that much more I guess just knowing all the all the dedicated people that are on the on the show and, and all the time they put in and and all that so I, if you have not seen it I don't know when it airs again but I would recommend it it's a good one I mean I sort of sort of hope that the fans now see that how busy how in fact busy they are right because I know you get a few fans that are like, oh, why haven't you come on Twitter for a while? And, and then you kind of watch this and you kind of think, well, that's why they haven't been on Twitter for right. a while. They're probably fast asleep somewhere. Right. Especially, yeah, especially, exactly. And I, I imagine they appreciate the time off that they do get. 
I know Sal does things yeah. like, like comedy stuff on top of that. So with that included, I can't I imagine the bloke does not get one bit of free time. Right, and he has a family, and you know yeah, and they all have families, families to as see. Well, and like Joe with his daughter and his wife, and then you've got Q, and he does his bits, and he also does Tell Him Steve Dave as well. And they all do radio shows and things on top of that, so they must be amazingly busy. I can't imagine, I mean, I literally can't imagine what their calendars look like. <laughs> I swear that I'm, I'm surprised they even have enough time for personal stuff. It's, it's weird. I mean, I can't imagine a day without my kids. And Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I can't imagine what it's like for Joe to be away from his baby. I mean, even a few hours away from my kids, even when my kids are at school or nursery, I get sort of to a point where I'm like, oh, I want them back. And I have to go back to, I actually have to go back to work after Christmas. <laughs> so that's going to kill me going back to work after Christmas because I've been a stay-at-home mom for so long. So I can't imagine being away from family because family means a lot. So, and I know that to the guys, I know their families mean a lot to them as well. And I can't imagine getting that amount of time with them, to be honest. But I'm assuming they're understandable about it. Because they know what it just, they do. It just shows how much they love what they do because, I mean, mm. a lot of people want, you know, to be on TV or to be famous or to be this and that, but it does come with a price. Mm. And, you know, it, it shows that they really are committed to what they're doing and they love what they're doing. And, you know, well, you, you got to love that. I mean, the families obviously must be extremely supportive of it because they have been on the show from time to time. Yeah, so, I, I assume they are. And I, and I think because of all their friends as well, because all their friends are there as well, so they must have an amazing time, even though they're so freaking busy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of those people have been their friends for decades, so, it, you know, they that is a big part of their personal life, is being at work, too, because their friends are all there with them, so. I know the, the one guy, Mike, I don't know how to say his last name. I've never heard it, it before, but he... Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He, um, he opened for... The Joker's in Green Bay, and I just thought he was a comedian, and turns out he's on their on their crew. Didn't know that. Because he was on that show. I saw him in the background several times. I think I've, I think I've worked out from the show as well that a lot of them are sort of comedians in their own right, aren't they? I mean, Jay had mid-evenings, didn't he? Yep, Casey's also did, does stuff on his own, too. He does, like, music stuff, doesn't he? He's like well, he's, I think he, he, he is, but I think he also does comedy. For, I mean, he does the staff infection, but I think... He also has a comedic side to him, but yeah, he's more musical. Joe mm-hmm. Joe Ambergio is more musical, but he also, I think, does comedy, or he at least participates in some yeah. people's comedies. Yeah, it's a funny bunch. I can only imagine what it's like going to work there with with not only the Jokers but all those other guys. But it's not just that. It's like, like I, do you know the best crew member there has got to be Shay? I've been put up. Oh, she's the meals. She's the greatest. <laughs> Just their yeah. food alone. How much junk yeah. food do they put away? I know. Yeah. Shay's awesome. I love her. I like She's Shay. Great. I think I think Shay's pretty cool. And the fact that she runs around after them as well. That must be a job, having to sort of chase around after four guys that want this, that, and the other. Yeah. God bless her for that job. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, basically the moral of the story is it's a great episode. gives you a great uh, perspective mm. on the show, and I'd... We recommend it to anybody, for sure. So we are going to go on to our social media links. Um, they're all at the same URL. They're all at Joker's Vault Pod. Uh, Lindsay runs the Twitter. I run the Instagram. And we both sort of co-deal with the Facebook. Um, 
we sort we all post on them most days. I have to admit, I've been a little behind on Instagram. Um, I've had no time. <laughs> I've been so busy this week. And also, there will be a website coming, but again, I've been really busy, so I've had no time. But yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It will be coming. We are making a website. There is a definite, definite website coming up. It's just when. <laughs> It's when I can find the time. I am a mother of two at the end of the day. Also, you can find our pods on iTunes and SoundCloud. Like, love, review, whichever you want to do. We need some more reviews on iTunes, if I remember right. We get a lot of likes on SoundCloud, I believe. And we also post our links on Facebook and Twitter, which do get quite a bit of likes as well. I think they get the odd like. Um, Anything else? Nope. Just thanks to all the people, especially on Twitter, since that's the one I see a lot, that retweet our links every week. There are definite people that always do it, and we appreciate it, and we love you for it, and keep telling people about us. We do have a lot of regulars, don't we? We do. We have fans. We do have fans. I'm glad to say that I have fans. I've never said that in my life. That's so weird. Right? Can't say I have either. So, that being said, it is time for us to end. We will be back next week. So it's a goodbye from Lindsay. Bye bye, Jules, and everyone listening. And Cooper. And it's and Cooper. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me.
every time. Oh. 